You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepy kingdom. Now it is time to open up the gates. Creepy Kingdom proudly presents The Dark Theme Park Show. Hey everyone! Welcome to the Dark Theme Park Show, Creepy Kingdom's podcast all about the creepy side of theme parks. I'm your host, Mr. James H. Carter II. Let me introduce our illustrious panel. Joining me, as always, on the Dark Theme Park Show, Sir Florida Man himself, Grant. Hello, everybody. And making her dark theme park show debut, Mrs. Sabina Graves. Hey, everyone. Howdy. Howdy. All righty. And this very special episode of the Dark Theme Park Show, we are talking about C. And what does C mean? Cookie. Cookie? No, not C. According to the Cookie Monster. (laughs) S-E-A. The Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Very excited to get into this. We're going to be taking a deep dive on all things C. But before we do, just want to say, of course, we are doing this podcast live. So anyone that's watching live, feel free to comment or leave questions. And uh, we'll respond to them as they come in. But before we get into it, I do have to give an update about our last episode, uh, which uh, I think might have ruffled some feathers. And this was us expressing our concern for Snow White's scary adventures, like taking the scary out of it. And we went really in-depth about just how worried we were about the end of the ride being changed. And then literally the next morning after the show, Disney released (laughs) an update as though I'm pretty confident they were watching. Somebody from Disney was watching our show and said, we got to put something out. Ah, Tanisha in the chat. Hello. Hello to you. Hey, Tanisha. Hey, Tanisha. So uh, if we bring up uh, the photo, I have to bring up this photo that Disney Parks blog posted the day after our last event. It was a look into the dungeon of the ride. Tech guy, I'm going to bring up that photo. There it is. (laughs) Yes. So now the dungeon's intact. The spider webbing that was in front of it normally is gone, but I think that's probably something it worked. But we're really looking at, um, it's a still from the video from the Disney Parks blog where the apple had some some new effect on it there. Right. Uh, For the the podcast listeners that can't see this. So... (laughs) My only concern is, will we still have her transforming from the evil queen into the hag? Because I love that effect. I hope so. I hope so very deeply. Um, 
I'm wondering if we'll get like projection imaging where it's going to like we're going to see her transform before our eyes. Yeah, I feel like that's the I think that's the big thing they're probably waiting on. I really doubt they're going to get rid of the transforming scene, but we did speculate pretty hard that the forest is probably gone, and that's where that scene uh, where kissing of the corpse scene <laughs> uh, that's that's shown in there in the uh, video preview that Disney put out. It's is because we don't know where else it could possibly be. So the spooky, scary forest is probably gone. Like hey, I, Nightmare's I, Conjurings. Get a hi from Nightmare's Conjurings. Hello, hello. Hey. And uh, also, uh, I was talking before earlier, but we did have a hello there from Melissa Camacho, <laughs> Kingdom alumni. So I just had to point out, I uh, you know, thanks. You know, listen, Disney, if you're watching, we love you. We just want Snow White's Scary Adventures to stay scary. I know it, they changed the name. They got rid of the creepy cue. Let's hope that transformation scene stays intact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All oh right. Gosh. I, I'm going to miss that. That was the last real one, to be honest. What, Snow White's yeah. Scary Adventures? Yeah. Well, they still have Pinocchio's Scary Adventure. You know, I feel like um, because obviously we have a much bigger topic to cover this week, but um, having like pretty much everybody's seen the video from Shanghai's Pirates of the Jack Sparrow transformation. I think they're going to do that with the witch, like in person. I haven't watched the video of Shanghai's okay, Pirates. Don't watch it then. I won't still get waiting. Into it then, but, <laughs> but then, okay, I will say that they have the technology to do that kind of a thing. Let's hope so. I mean, they've had enough time to work on it, so uh. Fingers crossed, you know, and I guess the, you know, the big elephant in the room here is uh, Disney and allows that Disneyland is going to be opening in late April. So I don't know who's going to get to go and who's going to get to see it, but we're going to know sooner or later how scary the end of this ride is or isn't. <laughs> so, maybe, they'll be insi- maybe they'll be insidious with it and give it like a happy name, like Enchanted Wish, and it turns out that it's actually vile. <laughs> it's scarier than what it was before. That would be ideal for us. We can only hope. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Let's get to C. So, so much to cover here. So, basically, what we're going to do here, uh, you know, there there was news of a a show in development on Disney+. Plus. Sabina wrote a great article about the information that's out there and a little what she hopes from the show, which we're going to get to a little bit later. But I thought that was a perfect time for us, uh, Creepy Kingdom, and this show, The Dark Theme Park Show, to actually get into it. It's something that's been a daunting task that we've been putting off (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) But now it's time to get into it and find out everything that's going on and explain it. So just so everyone's aware, this is a, a... a, a, a group, a fictional group that ties together uh, theme park attractions, uh, Disney parks, and all over the world. What do you mean and, fictional? I'm sorry. They're not fictional. real? Okay, fictional. <laughs> They're real. They're real. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and I think, seeing it, getting it from right there, I really I really love the, uh, the world building here. And I think it, uh, this society fits well that it Secret is in the in its title <laughs> because you know because it's like um, it 
like it, it's if it's there if you want to explore it. You don't have to know anything about it to enjoy the attractions they're affiliated with. Right. But if you want to explore and dig deeper for people like, like us and the people listening, yeah. If you want to explore it any further, <laughs> there's you endless travel the entire world. Essentially, that's what this Easter egg hunt is. You know, I mean, to like the casual and maybe you know. Not, not so casual like Disney fan. You have you know hidden Mickey's throughout the parks and stuff. And um, now I only see myself. Oh, yeah, oh! John made you full screen. Special effects. I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So the thing about the Society of Explorers and Adventurers is that. To the casual fan, you can go around and look for hidden Mickeys throughout the park and stuff. And then there's like in-universe movie mythology Easter eggs you can find in Batu, or you can find in Fantasyland or like on Pirates of the Caribbean. But for example, with this specific fandom, <laughs> you literally have to go all over the world. And there are even some parts of it that don't exactly exist um, anymore. Uh, I guess if that's like a good way to sort of open it up, yeah. you know, um, I personally uh, started going to Disney World later in life. So it was after Pleasure Island was changed uh, into um, Disney Springs. It was called Pleasure Island before Disney Springs, right? Well, that, uh, that well, it was, uh, I think they got rid of Pleasure Island before the Disney Springs switch. Right, it, it was downtown Disney, but Disney Springs was the area meant for adults. It was kind of like the area off to the side. And uh, yeah, the Simpsons even spoofed it where they said, oh, we're going to call it Parents Island. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and what Sabina's alluding to is that where uh, a lot of this um, sea story comes from was uh, the Ventures Club, which we're definitely going to do. Discuss, but unfortunately, no one on uh, this show has experienced the Ventures Club firsthand. Uh, for those that are aware of it, but uh, Adventures Club lives on and through this society. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and uh, as far as the worldwide Easter egg hunt, we'll say that uh, we do have a uh, worldwide Easter egg hunter. Grant has been to every Disney park around the world <laughs> and has. <laughs> what was the yes. time frame? Like a year and a half or something. We did it in a year and a half. Oh my gosh! No, not even no. It was it was fourteen months. We hit every park in the world in fourteen months. The only ones that we haven't hit, ironically, um, were the water parks. We haven't been to the water parks yet. And then there's one that we're hoping to remedy later this year, which is um, Disney's Hilton Head Resort. But that's more like a hotel that's over in. North Carolina, South Carolina. I've been trying to get reservations and they're all filled. But uh, oh my gosh, we're doing a camping trip later this year, so that's going to be like a stop to save the night at the hotel. But um, they're full right now, so I'm checking every day. You're just itching to to get out there after this pandemic. After (laughs) oh yeah. I, I, I refer to Grant as Uncle Traveling Grant, like Uncle Traveling Matt from Travel Rock. <laughs> he travels all we actually, the world. We gave the pandemic a year, basically. So my husband and I will get the our year anniversary um, in the next few days. 
And uh, we had actually booked a week for our wedding anniversary coming up uh, in mid-March. So we're actually going to go to Orlando <laughs> pretty soon. Oh, you're going. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're two weeks out from the vaccine. So, like, we about, yeah, just really about. Uh, it's really been really odd in SoCal. But I feel like yeah. it's ramping up pretty rapid, pretty every day. More people's coming more available. But, okay. Well, let's get into uh, the background to see. I'll start us off here. Um, let's talk about the history. Uh, the society was founded on August 12, 1538. That was a while ago. In Italy at Porto Pasadiso, consisting of scientists, explorers, research, artists, travelers, and adventurers from around the globe. The sea is dedicated to the continued exploration of the world's ocean and exotic lands. Four guiding concepts represent sea's original fortress exploration's crest. Looking at right now on the screen, that is adventure, romance, discovery, and innovation. Selected are the best ways to represent the original character and mission statement, which simply read: "We, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, shall acquire knowledge through exploration." And their mission statement, found at the Wishner uh, Lab and Mystic Manor, is the mission of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers to collect, conserve curate valuable and cultural artistic artifacts from around the world and make them available to the public in an artistically pleasing and sensitive manner. It is furthermore the mission of the organization to equip and mount social cultural expeditions to discover, explore, chronicle, and protect the artistic achievements of human society past, present, exalted, and forgotten. That was a mouthful. <laughs> of a mission statement there. Uh, the first thing that popped out on me was there's a restaurant at Disney Springs called Paradiso 37. And they were founded at a Paradiso, Porto Paradiso 1538, which is one number off. I don't know if there's anything to do with that. It was just a happy uh, coincidence. Oh my god, the sea rabbit hole is endless. <laughs> it's endless. I'm actually going to the for the first time the Skipper Canteen uh, yep. to start my uh, sea Easter egg hunt. I am calling it research for my spec for the show. So I'm also working. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Is I mean, there's still little trail. Easter eggs through like Disney Springs that still exist, right? You know, I think is it Paddlefish, I believe, that used to be one of the main restaurants as well. Or no, um, you're thinking, um, oh God, um, the Edison used to be the Adventure. Edison Club. used to be the Adventures Cup, yes. But there was yeah. a like one of the restaurants was also, I think. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so all over the place, y'all. Like, yeah, no, no. I love that James. You started it with like the credo because you know it's the foundation. It's the foundation. So what we're gonna do uh, in this episode is we're gonna do a little um, overview summary of the prominent members, um, and then we're gonna go through every location that is uh, sea-specific and uh, all around the world. Uh, I will start off by saying uh, if, if the listeners or the viewers would like us to do an episode just about the deep 
history of the members. Uh, please let us know because as preparing for this show, we realized that's like a whole separate show worth of material. The the the, the history is so rich and deep and endless <laughs> that I couldn't possibly talk about all the characters and all the locations in one episode. And if you'd like James to dress up as Harrison Hightower II, um, yeah. join the Patreon $1,000 a month club. And yeah, that's a $1,000 level for sure. And you can see what he looks like right now because we're going to talk about Harrison Hightower III. What a segue. Yes, you are the segue, segue king. It's been, and with that, Grant, um, oh, Sarah here, the host of the Weekly Creepy Sam, we need multiple shows. All right, Sarah, we can't let you down. She votes yes. <laughs> we got we got to do another one on the characters. <laughs> uh, so Grant, I'm gonna pass the baton over to you. To, let's talk about Harrison Hightower the third. All right. So Harrison Hightower the third. What a handsome gentleman that is. Yeah, James, you would fill that outfit out really well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Main character of Tokyo Disney Sea's Tower of Terror, which by the way I have been on. Ooh. A corrupt member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, Hightower collected treasures and antiquities from around the world under shady circumstances. Now, I will say that those shady circumstances are seen in the queue for the ride, uh, where you see paintings of him basically running around with artifacts that he's stolen from cultures. Uh, It's not like he's trading them. He's stealing them Indiana Jones style. For his own private collection, it is not going in a museum. It is going to him. He's the anti-Indiana Jones. This, and this is eventually be his downfall when he stole a certain item, which is the cursed idol by the name of uh, Shariki Utundu, which is the main part of Tower of Terror over at Tokyo Disney Sea. That, that idol, that, that's what makes things go, right? That's it. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into that, but... You want to give away sort of like the plot line of the I ride? Mean, it's Tower of Terror, but yeah, yeah, it's... Instead of the Twilight Zone, it's... And if you're planning on going to Tokyo Disney in the next, you know, little bit, you know, just mute for 30 seconds. But basically, <laughs> um, you enter the room... Oh, sorry, well, we do, we do have uh, a, a spoiler alert. A spoiler uh, alert very quickly. Do a spoiler um, alert. Like Hold instead on, of the Rod Sterling room, you wind up seeing um, the statue and it does magical things that I won't get into. But that is what causes the elevator to go insane. And that's all I'll say without getting too much into it. Also, because I only went on it once and I remember it vaguely from five years ago. I would definitely say the story is very Twilight Zone-esque anyways, because it is, you know, basically he is celebrating his latest acquisition uh, and inviting everyone over for like a New Year's Eve party, which I'm excited to go to because anytime I go anywhere and it's New Year's Eve, like on a TV show or in like a land or something, uh, that's my husband's birthday. So I'm always like, it's happy birthday, Jonathan, is whenever we go to anything that has that. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, so it's like a New Year's Eve party and he's like celebrating his acquisition and basically someone calls him out and says, you know, I think you stole this and he shows no respect for the idol and the idol strikes back and uh, in the elevator. 
we get caught in the crosshairs there, huh? <laughs> it's also that like Twilight Zone. I don't think translates well in Japan, right? You know, so you kind of to do Tower of Terror, they need to do their own kind of thing. You know, I don't think that that was a popular show over there. I don't think so either. All right, well, uh, we will bring up that location a little bit later. A uh, little more background on that, but Grant kind of summed it up. Let's move on to uh, the next prominent member we're going to highlight, uh, Lord Henry Mystic. Sabini, <laughs> so you want to take the, uh, the reins of describing Lord Henry Mystic? Lord Henry Mystic and his monkey. <laughs> yes. So he is a member of the society. He is like... You know, I would say, if y'all remember when we're back, how they had, like, those siblings that were, like, one was a big guy. Yes, the dinosaur story. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it way back for that's, that. But, yeah, uh, that's a deep cut there. A deep cut. I don't know if people know what I'm talking about, where there's, like, two elderly gentlemen who are scholars, and one is, like, the very corrupt one, very similar to Henry. Um, sorry, but Harry Harrison. I can't these names, y'all. Like they're like more than age. Are they related? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but now Henry Mystic, he is a globe trotter, and he meets a monkey, and the monkey is adorable. And um, oh, you what, know, what, what creepy kind of person is logged into our account that left that comment? We don't know who that is. <laughs> that said, "Who I like, we're back." <laughs> <laughs> Let us know who you are. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so... Oh, it's Johnny B. Okay. <laughs> oh, yay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, uh, I don't know where I left off describing. But yeah, no, so the monkey's named Albert, and he's awesome. And they uh, basically find a box that um, it makes everything around it sort of come to life in mystical ways. Um, uh, I think uh, Sir Florida Man has the box in his hand right now. What? I would like to see this box. I would like to see it. <gasps> that is so cool. Oh my gosh. I need this box. Well, you know, continue your story with the... With the is that the Danny Elfman score? Yes. <laughs> yes. Woo. Um... But yeah, so he he builds uh, Mystic Point, known as Mystic Manor, and it's a collection uh, that, you know, he seems to acquire his objects in a um, sustainable way. (laughs) In a sustainable way, Um, unlike uh, Hightower, yeah. And uh, you're able to go visit this collection at uh, Hong Kong uh, Disneyland. At their haunted mansion, but it's not entirely haunted. Okay, well, again, we'll 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 get in more Mystic Manor as well. We'll get more to definitely the locations. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to say about Mystic Manor, obviously. But, oh yeah. yeah. All right. So moving on to the next member, we're going to highlight Barnabas T. Bullion. <laughs> hey, Gretchen. Gretchen in the chat. <laughs> Gotta say it like that. Barnabas T. Bullion. <laughs> He's a character from uh, Magic Kingdom's version of Big Thunder Mountain, introducing attraction as part of the 2013 refurbishment. Inspired by Disney legend Imagineer Tony Baxter, who 
created Big Thunder Mountain, um, originally in Disneyland. So the, uh, his backstory is Barnabas T. Bullion is the founder and president of the Big Thunder Mining Company. The longtime mining magnate comes from a powerful East Coast family and considers gold to be its birthright by virtue and by oddly appropriate name. <laughs> oddly. <laughs> I, I think of, <laughs> I think I think most Disney fans I will identify uh, Barnabas T. Bullion as Tony Baxter, whether they know about C or not. <laughs> it's amazing because like the nicest Imagineers lent their faces to some of these nefarious. It looks very yeah. sinister. Tanisha <laughs> says Barnabas T. is your favorite. That's because Tony Baxter is your favorite. Tanisha, I know. And Big Thunder Mountain is your favorite as well. I know all about your favorite stuff. Tanisha, <laughs> can't sleep that by me. You either have um, to make be into gold or like making broth with that bullion name? cubes. <laughs> oh, bullion. Sorry, I. I'm checking myself out now. You are, yeah. That's a little too funny. Gretchen said, Grandpa, is that you? Do you think Barnabas T. Bully is your grandfather? Gretchen, is that what you're saying? <laughs> okay. Uh, more, yeah, more of Big Thunder's tie-in to see a little, little bit down the road. Let's move on to our next member. Uh, Camilla. Is that how you pronounce that name? Camilla. Camellia, Falco. Yeah. <laughs> Long lived T Bax says T works. <laughs> uh, all right, Grant, you're up to bat here talking about Camellia. Okay, so this is a character that I'm just learning about because I have not been on her version of the attraction yet. So yeah, um, oh, this, this is up. Uh, so when you went to Disney Tokyo Sea, Tokyo Disney Sea. So- it, or it wasn't this version yet? No, it came out in like 2018 or 2019, and we were supposed to do it last year, so now we're aiming for November of this year. God willing, everything is safe to travel over there. But Yes, uh, no, fingers crossed. Camellia Falco is the host character for the soaring fantastic flight attraction at Tokyo Disney Sea's Mediterranean Harbor area. And that's an area that really kind of needs rides. That's more like where the gondolas are, there's not much. It's more like a shopping district, so it's a perfect fit for that area. Born in 1801, Camilla Falco was the daughter of Solino and Julia, uh, Giuliano. Giuliana? Yeah, Giuliana. Let's say Giuliana Falco. Founders of the Museum of Fantastic Flight, which she inherited in 1850. And she would be the first woman inducted into the Society of Explorers and Adventurers in 1851. She would participate in Sea's tradition of displaying expedition paddles at the Tropical Hideaway, with hers coming from an 1831 trip down the Zambezi River. Avidly interested in advancing human flight, she was a hot air balloon traveler and would also develop the Dream Flyer a glider inspired by the designs of Leonardo da Vinci. Dying in 1875, her spirit would linger in the halls of the Museum of Fantastic Flight, and during a special retrospective of her life held in 1901, her spirit would invite visitors to take a flight of fancy 
aboard the Dream Flyer. So yeah, I've heard about this wow. on how. So their sword is about a ghost uh, <laughs> a tour guide flying around. That's ghost awesome. Tour guide, yes. <laughs> from what what I've heard is that it's it's the same soaring ride, except like it's longer. That there's extra scenes added to put the narrative in. So they made a clone, but they made it. They gave it more of a plot than like you know Putty from Seinfeld just telling you. Nice that job. A, that was a great plot, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no plot to sort. Uh, and for, and it, it didn't make sense, even though, even though we love the original version. It didn't make sense. Oh, sorry, spoiler. She's flying overhead right now. Oh, there she is now. Come oh, hey. <laughs> Her ghost is because she died in 19, or she died at the age of 75. <laughs> and one thing, just hearing these, these descriptions of the characters, there's so many, like, material for stories for a series like it's just endless there's so many cool stories there's so too. many like different threads they can follow here for sure all right cool uh we're just focusing on the prominent members there's which i just realized there's so many members we're never going to mention today there's so many so, Wild so stuff. many let's move on to our next member barry oceaneer <laughs> Gotta say it like that. Mary Oceaneer. Mary Oceaneer? Oh, she is the focal character of the Oceaneer Labs aboard the Disney cruise ship Disney Magic and the Miss Adventure Falls Raft Ride at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon. Oh, so she was an avid sea captain and celebrated treasure hunter during the late 19th century. She also seemed to have knowledge of the lost nation of Atlantis. Whoa! Well, that means they could cross over with Atlantis on this show? Okay, we'll, we'll get there later. But, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> hey, Michael, um, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> definitely, you know, yeah, that's something that is very excited, that possibility. Uh, she was, you know, in the society along with some of the characters that we're talking to, about today. Um, and she attended the meeting that occurred before Hightower died. Well, so not died, demise, because this is Disney. You know, they don't demise. say death. They say they say <laughs> things like sunsetting, you know, like sunsetting our passes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it says, During the 20th century, Mary took her vessel to the MS Sally IV to the Floridian Lagoon of Placid Palms. While searching for treasure, her vessel was hit by a hurricane that beached her in the lagoon. While it is unknown exactly what year this occurred in, early scripts for Typhoon Lagoon and the Adventurers Club suggest that this occurred in 1955 when Mary would have been in her 70s. <sighs> wow. You going to be doing that kind of stuff in your 70s, Sabina? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be. For Atlantis, though, because didn't Atlantis take place in the 1800s? Oh. Yes, we could say Captain into deals. I don't <laughs> do it to me, baby. One more time. Okay, I don't. <laughs> Muskrat Love, I think, was one of them, right? Yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with the catalog of uh, Captain and Teal. Uh, <laughs> uh, very interesting uh, thing. And as you said, she shows up a lot in, in various places uh, around uh, the sea world. Say it like that. Sea World. <laughs> Do not want to mislead people to go there. No, you're not going to find any sea members at any Sea World park. <laughs> Anywho, 
Moving on to uh, one of the probably more famous or well-known members of C, which is uh, Dr. Albert Falls. And uh, Dr. Albert Falls is an off-screen character uh, from uh, The Jungle Cruise. Was first visualized in the Skipper Canteen restaurant. Dr. Albert Falls was a scientist and explorer known for his ability to navigate the remote waters the rivers of the world and his sense of humor among discoveries were in a sunken Cambodian temple known to some as Shirley Temple <laughs> <laughs> on June 5th, 1888 and most notably Stryker Falls and the backside of water on August 12th 1891 there's so much more about him. Uh, we all know about him. <laughs> I'm not going to keep going with him. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> sure, Lee Temple. <laughs> all right. Was uh, his boat the um, good ship Lollipop? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> if anyone was destined to be a jungle crew skipper out of our crew, it's you, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm insulted or like honored. I don't know. No, that's a that's a badge of honor where I come from. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on to the next word we're going to uh, highlight there is the president, Jason Chandler. That's a normal name. Uh, Grant, I think he's kind of cute there. though. Why? Yeah, he's you know he's, he's rough and tough. <laughs> so Chandler was. Engaged to Rachel, right? No, we're not talking about friends. It's <laughs> <laughs> a friend's free zone. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a okay. <laughs> Jason Chandler is a character that was created for the unbuilt Disneyland concept Discovery Bay and early versions of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. In recent years, however, he has been incorporated into the Society of Explorers and Adventurers storyline in the parks and appeared as a major character in Disney Kingdom's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad comic books. He was a 19th century inventor who was a member of C. By 1851, he served as the club secretary under president of C. Vitali Robostelli. At some point following this, Chandler would rise to the position of president of the society while continuing to develop his own inventions by the 1880s, he would begin selling this technology to the Big Thunder Mountain Mining Company for their operations in Big Thunder Mountain to assist his friend from C, Mr. Barnabas T. Bullion. I also want to mention while we have this image up, bring uh, oh, it back up, please. Um, <laughs> the photo on the right uh, is uh, a luggage tag. That says ship to Jason Chandler. That's on a stagecoach that currently sits outside of the entrance of Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. So that's um, one of the few in park references to Jason Chandler. <laughs> it's in Disneyland. Uh -huh. Ironically, near where Discovery Bay would have been, because it would have been where, uh, where Galaxy's Edge is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little, it's a little Easter egg there. All right, our last member we're going to mention. Like I said, there's many more members, and if uh, well, Sarah said we got to do it. So, 
when we revisit this topic, we're going to take a deep dive on as many members as possible. <laughs> I won't say all the members and, and hold us to that. <laughs> There's a lot. And not everyone has this rich backstory, but these are the ones with the longest. Difference. But I, I could not uh, not mention uh, Miastro D'Elfman. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who that is based off of. That's definitely in the line for the ride, by the way. Amazing. I have photos of that. And, uh, yeah, so that, I don't know if we mentioned it or alluded to it or not, I don't know, but Danny Elfman, the real person, is the uh, composer of the music for Mystic Manor, where this portrait lies. And as far as I know, this is the only Disney attraction that he has wrote music specifically for. There's some semantics over Haunted Mansion Holiday, uh, <laughs> but he did not specifically. Are you choosing violence, James? <laughs> not choosing. I'm just saying he didn't create a score for Haunted Mansion Holiday, and also that is a that's riffs off of his original music. <laughs> um, so it's not even literally his music. It's it's a I don't know. I don't even know. Who, Wrote the music for Hedgehog. That's like a different a story. Remix. Yeah, it's a remix. <laughs> I mean, if his themes are being used and you know extrapolated upon, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I I will say his theme for that ride is incredible. Like it is one of the best songs ever composed for a Disney park. Um. And so much that you actually hear it throughout the ride and even in the queue, but in different keys and even faintly like in the pre-show. So like it's like when it's not chaotic, it's very peaceful sounding. When it's chaotic, it's very like more menacing sounding without without talking too much about a ride that I know that James really hopes to go on eventually. I'll just say that sounds similar I need to- that music box. I, I have my Haunted Mansion artifacts collection that's slowly growing um and that's that's one of the big gets for sure yeah it's similar to what on a mansion pretty much as far as the song goes i was gonna say yeah the the, the green green ghost does the same thing as you were saying is that it just has different keys different uh intensities Mm -hmm. so i'm sure that was the obviously was the inspiration since the was inspired by my mansion but anywho, we're jumping the gun a little bit again. I know we just want to talk about Mystic Manor so much. <laughs> but but well, right now we're going to lay down all of the locations that Sea uh, has all over the world. Whether it's attractions, uh, areas in the park, restaurants. We're going to get into all of the locations. And we're going to go park by park. Starting off with Tokyo Disney Sea. Uh, so the first one here is uh, Mediterranean Harbor, and this is what you were just talking about, for Grant, right? With uh, so yes. not much going on there. Yep. So uh, the, this is the original headquarters of the society is located in the Fortress Explorations attraction, which serves as a place for inducting new members. Another sea facility at the harbor is Maglian's Restaurant. No, no, Magellan's Restaurant. I tried uh, I, so I, I, hard. I <laughs> Both days you get to eat in this place because it's basically it's supposed to look like the Adventurers Club on the inside, oh, and wow. um, it's basically what everybody does. They don't take ADRs, which is advanced dining reservations. There, you have to like run to it and then hope for a time 
before dinner later that day. Oh, and there's so, also a secret room too, right? Yeah, that's what I've heard. So it's one of those things like, you know, um, if you get to a brand new park that you've never been to, do you want to try to get in line for a ride or do you say, well, let me try to get a dinner reservation for 6 p.m. tonight. <laughs> Which way do you go? But when I go back there, I'm determined to get that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, well, I was going to ask you about this Fortress Explorations attraction. Yeah. Did you experience that when you went there? Um, Kind of. It's You walk through it, and there's like things to see. A lot of it's in Japanese, but there are English subtitles. Um, or not subtitles, but just like signs saying what it is. It's kind of, you go from like room to room and there are things to look at, but unfortunately we just didn't have enough time to fully explore it. And, um, it surrounds the restaurant and it looked neat, but it was just, uh, without turning this into another Disney Sea podcast, it was just. Disney Sea is so big and has so many different types of attractions that some things unfortunately slip by the wayside. And this was one of the unfortunate uh, things that happened. Unacceptable. Do everything all the time. Nonstop. Go, go, go. We were there. We were there from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. I don't know. I'm sure you were. For two days. I know you guys. I'm just joking. Yeah. Next time. Next time. All right. All right, let's move on to uh, Tower of Terror. Uh, we did discuss that. Um, I, th- I think we pretty much covered that earlier. Um, if, um, uh, was there anything that we left out when we were discussing Harrison Hightower the third backstory? No, it's, it's way prettier than the other Tower of Terrors. Is does it, it just go? Does it? Is it just a one drop down, or does it move through and then drop drop down? It, fifth dimension alternative. No, no, it's it's more like the California version. Uh, can you pull the photo back up? Is there a way to do that? Okay, thank you. Um, it it's an up and down thing, and it only goes up a few times, up and down like three or four times. It's a lot shorter of a ride, and you actually have to wear when you're wearing your seatbelt. It's an over the shoulder one. Oh, which thank is goodness! Weird, but it's it's less intense than like Guardians of the Galaxy or the. Um, Tower of Terror in France. It's but it's the prettiest looking one. Like this thing is it looks like a hotel that's been there forever. But yeah, it's been nicely kept up. It's brick all along the side of it. It's wow. taller. You think it is? Or is it just uh, look yeah. tall in the photos? Yeah, it's very tall, but yet you know, I don't remember the, the thrills being that insane. I remember thinking that the um, ones over here were much more thrilling. So mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the height on it was like kind of like the Matterhorn where you don't actually go up to the very top of it. Right. Yeah, and you're like, only going midway through it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Good oh. to know. Okay, As okay. someone who has to like talk myself into getting on Guardians. <laughs> it's good. To, uh, you don't to like know. that falling faster than gravity feeling? I do. That's like the one thing. I don't like drop feelings, but I do yes. like, I do like stuff like uh, Mission Space and stuff. <laughs> My, my my thing is claustrophobia, so I will, I'm not a mission space <laughs> fan. <laughs> I won't go on it. I won't even know to be a fan. Won't Next time James there. comes out, we're doing it. Yes, we have to. I'm not. All right. <laughs> um, and I'm, if you if you do that, I will 
consider getting on Tower of Terror. But you've <laughs> done Tower of Terror. I've never done Tower of Terror. I've only done the cute. So I grew oh, up as a. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I grew up as a pass holder, so I've only ever done the queue, and then I would chicken out and not do it, and then I have regrets of like never having done the one here in California. Um, and then when Guardians opened, Guardians is like my husband and I's favorite like Marvel thing, uh, besides like WandaVision now, I guess. And so we had to get on Guardians together, and I literally had like two panic attacks and cried, and then got on the ride, and then was forced to get on the ride again because we waited on like in the queue like opening weekend and then our friend got us alternative entrance passes and then we got on it like 20 minutes after so i did it twice in a row and i haven't done it since (laughs) (laughs) but i do want i do want to like build like i want to figure out a way for me to like get out of my head about it and then get on the one in orlando because i really want to yeah, I think it's okay you didn't go on the on the California uh, adventure one because the one in Orlando is is, is far superior and um, and is the that's why that's why I'm okay with Tower Terror not being a DCA because the one in Orlando is just the better experience in my, in my opinion and and uh, I, I do have to mention that um, at a private party grant that I attended a few years ago <laughs> that at the Tower of Terror where we had unlimited access to it. I didn't go on it at all. And Grant went on it nonstop during the entire party. What? <laughs> Including times that I went by myself. That's so, uh, creepy, but awesome. It, it's, cre- it's, it's not that bad. And honestly, you're just going to regret yourself later if uh, you take the truck to Florida and then you're disappointed that uh, you didn't do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Well, let's not talk about the worst that could possibly happen. But let's talk about like <laughs> the fact that when you go this by, is, this is odd <laughs> When you see the five-year-olds going in line, all excited, and I think you're over five years old, if I had to guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, they have uh, ignorance, is what. <laughs> yeah, I took my niece on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy without telling her what it did. Yeah, oh, we did ass. the same thing to our nephew, and it was literally the first. No, it was the second ride he got on ever. He'd never been to a theme park. He had, wow. we got him on uh, Little Mermaid was his first ride, and then he's a huge Marvel kid. So <laughs> we were like Guardians, and he was like, "Yeah, I love Rocket Raccoon." <laughs> that was a mistake because it was like during the weeks where you had to have the Batu reservations. So I had like for months I had gotten us those reservations and slot to go into Batu, And um, when it came time for us to get on uh, Smuggler's Run, just the fact of him being inside a dark ride queue gave him panic attacks because of us having put him through Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a little intense. Little Mermaid, all right. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, that's quite a, a shock to the system there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, brother. Well, let's move on from Tower Terror Talk again. That's a topic that can take up a whole show. Uh, let's go on to the next sea attraction. Uh, we had mentioned it briefly before, uh, but let's discuss a little bit more, which is Soarin' Fantastic Flight. And uh, I'll read about it here. It's like this attraction is themed to uh, the Museum of Fantastic Flight, uh, the abode of the late sea member, Camilla. I keep saying that. I'm not confident in the pronunciation of her name. Uh, Falco. Ghost still haunts it. 
I love that. I love that so, detail. Yeah. At the Q Portrait Show, uh, Camellia as a C member included her initiation with Lord Henry Mystic being seen in the crowd. And then club secretary Jason Chandler having witnessed her initiation with another Jason Chandler reference. And uh, also, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Imagineer Linda Jean, who was the set decorator in charge of the props for this attraction. Uh, she gave uh, us a shout out on her Instagram about this show and what we're doing tonight. So I want to thank her publicly for that. <laughs> and um, thank you very much. So um, we're all looking forward to going on this attraction, a ghost version of Soren. <laughs> we're in. I wish they would, I wish that the. I, I don't know, but I. I don't, I hope that there's a ghost element of the ride video, but you're saying that you think it's the same thing as regular sword. That's sword. what I've heard. It's, it's the same video, but um, there's the beginning and the ending are different and the queue is way better and oh. that the vehicle looks different. I mean, Oh, Hey, Linda's here. Hey, Yo. thank you. Hey. Watch it. <laughs> I mean, James, just get on the plane and come with me. It'll be fun. I'll go. I'll go. No, I'm looking because the one thing when I go out read regular story, I always say, you know what, this could use some ghosts. <laughs> How much better would Soren be with ghosts? <laughs> well, I'm wondering if they've solved the issue that they have. I, I'm sure that you probably have it over where you are too. But like, the if you get in one of the, the, the world, yeah, it's soaring over the, around the world. Any of the Soren rides, but if you get on the far left seat, everything is bent like really bad. So the Eiffel Tower does like this weird. Like turn like this around the top. Yeah, I know that. Whatever the last time I wrote Sword on the World, that's exactly how the Eiffel Tower looks. <laughs> you know like what I'm talking? You know what I'm talking about on how they all do that? Like the pyramids yeah, yeah. look drunk. Everything looks like it's been hammered. And um, I'm hoping that they fix the way that the screens work. Well, there's only one way to find out. We're going to Tokyo Disney's <laughs> group creepy kingdom trip. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it's paying for, but we're going to get there. All right. So now we're going to go to Hong Kong Disneyland and discuss the thing that we've all been chomping at the bit to discuss, what we've already been discussing already, but we're just going to keep it going here. Of course, it's Mystic Manor. And uh, this, oh, I love this photo. This is like a, a the, uh, version of the photo there. I mean, a version of a Mystic Manor. Have you seen this before, Grant? No, I love that, though. I, I absolutely need to save that image for myself. That is amazing. <laughs> All right, Grant. I'll let you do the honors of uh, reading about Mystic Manor. And while, while you keep that photo up, it's amazing that that whole giant ride that is Mystic Manor fits in that little tiny house like that. Yeah, it's so weird. Same thing with all yeah. the haunted mansions. Yeah. <laughs> Set at Henry Mystic's outpost in Mystic Point in 1909, Lord Henry Mystic established a home and meeting place with the society in a remote rainforest in 1880 and opened parts of his home to the public as an art museum in 1896. Henry Mystic's pet monkey, Albert, ends up getting into trouble when he opens a recently acquired Balinese music box with the magical ability to bring inanimate objects to life. Also in this area are a bunch of sculptures that if you stand at them in the right angle, they have kind of like neat optical illusions. There is also a diner or like a restaurant there that has food from three different Asian countries. Kind of like, oh, food that he brought from his 
uh, travels, and it is themed to Mystic Manor inside the diner. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. That's incredible. Not. Oh, I can't wait to go. It's That's it's awesome. well worth going when it's considered safe to travel. Well, we're going to go to all, all these places, of course, at some point. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Grant's dedication to see Mystic Manor, Creepy Kingdom, and all that great stuff was uh, permanently put on his body <laughs> shortly after he experienced it. <laughs> so we, we, we have to see your tattoo. Okay. Are, you able to, are you able to maneuver showing it? Oh, not that the, tattoo. Uh, no, not your Mr. T tattoo. <laughs> oh, Uh-oh. oh, he's a- disappeared. He's disappeared. <sighs> We are waiting in suspense for this tattoo. Right, I'm back. He's back. Okay. All right. Are you, are you able to maneuver this or do we have to? Uh, I don't know you if we're able me? to do this. Yeah, we got you. Yep. Live TV, folks. Can you hear us? Ooh. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep it going while Grant gets back intact here. <laughs> we hear and see you, Grant. I'm not sure. Oh, he's gone. And now we have lost him again. Oh, right. no. Yeah, no, I, I really love the element of artifacts for uh, the sea characters and mythology. Hey. And I, I really hope that we get a lot of that here in, in some so. way, you know, kind of brought in more. Here in Disneyland? Can you hear yeah. yeah, I'm back. I picked up my phone and okay. uh, I exited out. But yeah, I can show you this. Okay. Air Mufasa shirt right here. Yes. <laughs> right. Look at that. He's got Albert put on his body. <laughs> so cute. I love it. Yeah. What? Which is funny because every time I also have um, a tattoo from Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, which is Chandu the Tiger. And uh, the problem that I have is people say, oh, is that Abu and Raja? Oh, my gosh. I've had, when I go to Disney World, I've had, like, two people that said, oh, my God, is that Albert? Or nice Chandu tattoo. Nobody realizes what it is. Not even the game like us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Before we move on from Mystic Manor, I will say that when the ride opened, I did watch your ride through video. Because I, I did, also did. I, I could did, not wait. I didn't I think that speak. I would ever get to go to Hong Kong. That was like well out of my scope of things I thought I would ever do. I'm a lot more um, optimistic about it now. <laughs> so I haven't watched it again. But just watching a video of it, and was that 2011? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, whatever, imagine whatever quality video that was in 2011. Still blew me away. I can't wait to experience this uh, firsthand. I mean, that's, that is like literally, like, that's why I want to go to Hong Kong Disneyland. Other than that, do you, do you hope to do a trip where you can hop to, to all of them in one trip or are you spacing them out? Well, that's what Grant did. <laughs> which seems a little 2013, bad. by the way, when it opened up. <laughs> no, thanks. 2013. Um, Grant kind of suggests taking a trip to go to Tokyo Sea on its own 
and then possibly doing the uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong in another trip because um, there's so much going on, uh, or just uh, Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, there's so much going on there that it might yeah. be a bit much to try to do it all in one trip. Yeah, that was the problem is that we kind of felt like, I mean, even just Tokyo because Japan has so much stuff going on, even like a ton of theme parks, including Hello Kitty and other things. If you're just looking at theme parks, there's so much going on in Japan. But then if you're looking at other things like cultural stuff or restaurants, I mean, we were only in Japan for, I think, seven days out of our honeymoon. And we we kind of felt like, okay, well, we did four days at Tokyo Disney, Disney Sea, and three days of other stuff. And it just wasn't enough time. But for the purpose of saying we're going to hit all the Asian Disney parks, it worked out really well. But we still kind of felt like um, we only, like, scraped the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that's that would be its own trip, but and then, you know, and also traveling to Japan, all the other, you know, all the other tracks, like you said, and at this point, wanting to visit uh, uh, Universal Japan Park as well. Yeah, Nintendo World. Yeah, so you, you got to add that on your list of things to do in Japan. So <laughs> I think that's its own trip. <laughs> I mean, I would love to just spend all my time traveling to Disney theme parks around the world, but. <laughs> 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 If everything, if everything goes well, Creepy Kingdom will be coming to you live from Super Nintendo World in Japan. Wow, that's that there. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming that they have a good Wi-Fi connection. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the other thing about wanting to go to Hong Kong Disneyland is that, uh, besides Mystic Manor, that seems to be the park where they give us the closest thing to what us Creepy Kingdom people want during Halloween time from Disney. Yes. is intense scares, actual walk-through, I'm not going to call pots, attraction. but a walk-through attraction. Although, didn't they stop doing the really intense scary ones? Because I thought that they were doing, like, the freaky ones, but then, like, the one from the year before last, wasn't it just Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, that's what it was. However, it was still uh, played for scares. Ooh. Um, <gasps> yeah. And I remember reading that, tw- yeah, like, um, because when I went to it, it was at, it was a scary thing, but it's still Disney characters. It's only going to be so scary. Yeah. And I, I don't know, they haven't announced what they're doing this year, but I do think, um, based on how everything is going regarding like vaccines and all that kind of stuff, I do think haunts will be back on, especially over there because Hong Kong, while it's big, it's relatively small compared to everybody else. It's like the size of New York City. You know, it's a lot easier to vaccinate that area so you can do the in-your-face scares again. Let's hope. Yeah. Uh, but let's actually talk about the next C thing. That's at Hong Kong Disneyland and Halloween. Uh, they had some stuff going on in 2014 and 15. Uh, I don't know who's up to that to, to read. <laughs> I don't know. I'll give it to you, Sabina. You're good at reading. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not know about this. <gasps> what? They incorporate Halloween events into the organization? Yes, I know what my spec script is going to be about. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is cool. Um, Some of the Adventureland offerings during the Halloween events at the parks incorporate the mythology into their stories. In 2014, Horrors of the Amazon focused around an adventurer named Jonas Brisbane, who hoped to join their ranks. In 2015, the story of the Jungle Cruise overlay 
Curse of the Emerald Trinity was instigated by Professor Reed, a man kicked out of sea for his greedy actions and desire for forbidden artifacts. Whoa. Whoa. My mind is blown. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go on a YouTube rabbit hole as soon as we are done and see if I can find any videos of these uh, attractions because, you know, it. this is my jam. <laughs> yeah, this uh, uh, that last guy sounds like he hang out, hangs out with Hightower, the third. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that, I think, only ran for one year, though. Like, that was a Hong Kong Disneyland thing that I remember seeing the, the trailer for. And I went in 2016, and that wasn't running. I remember that it was like it is. I think it was one of those things that they tried to do once, kind of like a backlot tram type thing. Yeah, um, I guess they, they kind of have that, like, Halloween Horror Nights thing where they they just yeah, they, they try to bring new stuff in every year, I guess, because that's what the, the locals... Well, I don't know. Is that a locals park? You think, Grant? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a great place to go to. Like, um, Hong Kong is basically seen as the entryway to China for the average person who wants to go to China because you do not need to have a um, – you need a passport, but you don't need a visa. If you're going to go into mainland China, you need to have a visa, which is a lot more work. Um, so, unfortunately um, – or not unfortunately, but, like, that pretty much only gives you a subset of people who are going to Hong Kong. And then the people who are going to Hong Kong, you only have so many people who want to go to Disneyland, you know? Right. Yeah. So not a lot of tourists. That's mostly local. So they had to keep bringing in new stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go to Walt Disney world where there's a lot of sea activity here. And we're finally going to talk about the adventurers club. That does not exist anymore. I mean, it, it was open from 1989 to 2008. Hmm. And this is where, like, the sort of idea for this kind of was born, right? Yeah, well, well this, the, the basic thing is that sea as it was, uh, was created, as in the fictional sea was created with uh, Tower Terror. So C was not created with the Adventures Club, but but the Adventures Club inspired what C was became what, what has become. So they kind of had uh, retconned the Adventures Club to be part of the C story <laughs> and part of its history. Uh, it's so the best. <laughs> again, none of us experienced it. A lot of people don't know about it. But the best way to describe it here is that it was a deep nightclub that was a pleasure island talked about earlier, styled as a private club for world travel and explorers set in 1937. The walls of the club were covered with artifacts and photographs from various explorations. The Adventurers Club featured animatronics, puppets, and a cast of adventurers who performed in shows, improv comedy, while mingling with the club's patrons. Shows and conversations were laced with innuendo, and the patrons, by or welcome as guests, given fictional names recognized as fellow adventurers, or simply referred to as drunks. <laughs> Once the club closed, the rest of Pleasure Island, the props for the club were spread around the various parts of resorts. Some of these props, we hope, resulted in the Adventures Club being retconned as Meriwether Adam Pleasure's Chapter of Sea. So, a lot of the props from 
the Adventures Club are all over the world uh, tied into the sea attractions and locations. And I, we have them listed here, but it's so much stuff. <laughs> I think that is, I'm not even going to get into it. But well, um, even at a, even at Alani, so there you go. They even made their way to Hawaii. Yeah, and I think that's the only. There's just some of the props from Adventures Club. I think that's the only sea connection at Alani that I found. In my research. I mean, Alani's basically just a really nice resort, so I'm surprised that they have anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so Adventures Club, a place of legends, I think it's kind of a bummer that it doesn't exist anymore or anything like it, but I guess you're saying that this place in uh, Tokyo, Disney Sea, that I can't pronounce also, (laughs) is the closest you can get to the Adventures Club. (laughs) Magellan's. Magellan's, that's the word. Think about the dragon from Eureka's castle. That's not a good reference for me. I mean, like, I guess they've been scattered throughout everywhere, like Infinity Stones, just, you know, for for, for the avid fan to go and collect, (laughs) to go and... Track them down, yeah. Track them down. Again, such great fodder for uh, television series. <laughs> James is going to be the new Henry Hightower going to around the world and taking... Stealing them. Pieces <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next thing. There's a lot of stuff about Disney World. Um, uh, yeah, so we mentioned it a little earlier there. It's a uh, big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And we should uh, old Artemis be bullying... <laughs> situation there. Uh, Grant, you want to talk about the sea tie-ins? Yeah, sure. Big Thunder mi- uh, Mining Company owner Barnabas T. Bullion is identified as a member of the society in letters in the queue corresponding with Jason Chandler. Both he and a colleague at the Museum of the Weird, known as Madame Zarka, who has been known to frequent Meriwether Adam Pleasure's Adventurers Club advised against further mining activity at the mountain in light of the various supernatural happenings plaguing the site. I always forget that that ride has a supernatural element to it. Yeah, yeah. The backstory of it is super, like you forget that you're literally riding a ghost train. <laughs> like the, the train's haunted. They don't really play that up too much. You just have to know the backstory. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Isn't like Big Thunder Mountain in uh, France? Sort of loosely tied to Haunted Mansion as well, so it also has yes. like, some sort of spooky element. Well, tied, to, well, tied to Phantom Manor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom Manor. Yeah, yes. they actually look across the street from each other. Yeah, they, oh. they share the same storyline. I don't. And does that storyline intersect with C, or is that completely separate? Yeah, completely separate. I haven't seen any mention uh, of no. Of Fan- Phantom Manor is like Wild West Haunted Mansion, so it works really nice with their version of Thunder Mountain. Which, uh, I will, you know, for uh, people who want to know more about Phantom Manor, we actually have um, uh, an article coming up from uh, someone that runs a Phantom Manor uh, fan site to talk about some uh, some of the trivia behind it. So <laughs> there's a little tease there. Because, <laughs> well, again, a lot, a lot of US people don't know about, too much about Phantom Manor. Again, I have not watched a ride through video of that because I'm waiting for my data. <laughs> experience it, even though I heard it recently changed. It, it recently com- they mm, you should probably watch the original ride through, because uh, I think it, it seems very different. Oh, I've seen both. So, the storyline changes dramatically. 
Okay. Well, we'll see. I prefer well, the see. old storyline, although. Um, yeah, that's, that's a sentiment I've heard, but topic for their time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just wanted really to know. It was. I thought it was really interesting that in 2013, Big Thunder Mountain like officially became part of uh, part of the C uh, storyline, which is kind of interesting, <laughs> but they not expect it. So uh, the question is, is was Disney C named in honor of these explorers or was it a happy coincidence? Right. Because while Disney C does have a ton of references and a lot of attractions based around uh, these characters, it's also like, it makes sense like Disneyland, Disney C because it's on the other right. And like the rumored mm-hmm. Disney Sky for the third gate in Tokyo eventually, you know, Lansing and Sky. But, um, you know, C is capitalized, much like the Society of Explorers and Adventures. That sounds like a question for uh, some Imagineers. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know if you're still here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's really cool because, you know, I think it's something they probably definitely lean into, and it makes sense to do that. I love mythologies of, like, that sort of caliber. Um, and I'm excited to learn more. Oh boy. All right, let's, let's, let's keep it going because I said so much stuff about Disney World. Thank, uh, my gosh. Next up, we have the Skipper Canteen, which I have not got experience yet. I remember last time that I was in Walt Disney World, uh, could not get in. Uh, so I, I, I stood outside of it, <laughs> but I didn't have an ADR. But we tried. We were like, hey, can we get in there? And they're like, Nah, dude. Get out of here with your walk-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a dole next door. I'll be yeah, going for much. lunch. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to try to ask for the room. Fingers crossed. Well, let's, uh, why don't you read the, the description for people don't know about it. Uh, yes, so the Skipper Canteen uh, is a Magic Kingdom restaurant. One of my friends who uh, he and I are really big like Disney mythology fans, he recommended uh, me to go. So uh, it's basically like Jungle Cruise-esque, but very much in the realm of, you know, the society is like, you know, uh, like a like they're eating and drinking whole sort of thing, I guess. And um, littered throughout the location itself, there are uh, Club Fezzes that belong to Falls, Henry Mystic, Albert, Mary, uh, Merryweather, Adam Pleasure. Uh, which are on display. I just, I love that. You gotta name. say it. You gotta say it. Like Merry weather, Adam Pleasure. <laughs> yes. Um, and maps featuring legendary creatures uh, hanging on the walls. Uh, there's a library, and I, I believe I, I'm probably mistaken, but I think you access the secret room through a library. Um, and yeah, no, that I'm, I'm so excited to check this out and like investigate myself <laughs> and eat their delicious food. They have awesome dietary options there because I'm sure members of C had different dietary restrictions. Sure. But um yeah. Like a fussy bunch when it comes to food. <laughs> <laughs> so Grant, uh I assume you've eaten here, correct? Oh yeah. It's uh it's really delicious. Have you got have you got to go to the secret room? No, I have not gotten to do the secret room unfortunately. Um I wasn't aware. This is something I've learned this time. 
Oh, you weren't aware of it. Oh, wow. No, no, because next time I go, which will hopefully be, you know, in a few months, maybe we'll see it. We'll see how everything goes. Um, I'm definitely going to get a reservation and see if I can get the secret room to check this out. Okay, yeah. we got to find. Yeah, we guess we got to ask for it. Uh, <laughs> literally have to ask. I won't yeah. try asking, but I heard it's random. Like people will just randomly get it. Um, oh, is that the okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Continuing on inside of uh, Disney's Typhoon Lagoon, uh, the This Adventure Falls attraction. There. Uh, ties back again to uh, Mary Oceaneer. It's a splashing journey through uh, fabled Captain Mary Oceaneer's past. Legend has it that Captain Oceaneer, a treasure hunting heroine, along with her pet parrot Duncan, have traveled across the sea. Pet parrot? <laughs> Collecting unique artifacts before she came stranded at Typhoon Lagoon many, many years ago by a rogue storm. So I've actually never been to Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach because I don't go to water parks, but I, I I want to just because there seems to be so much detail in both of these parks, and I'm glad that there's a sea connection here. Um, it, yeah. it seems it's I mean what was what was the story behind Typhoon Lagoon again? I don't remember it. It's off top of I guess the whole park is a whole. Remember what it is? Not really. Same I know there's now. a story. I know there's a story about something. I keep thinking I'll I'll get to the water parks, but not this year. I think definitely when it's a lot more safer to do like water parks. (laughs) And my a longer trip probably too. But to complete your sea mission, you're gonna have to make it over there. I went when I was you know twenty years ago, so I don't remember much about it. They took out the snorkeling. That's pretty much what I remember was you could snorkel with sharks and stuff, but uh, that got taken out years ago. Oh, sharks? Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. <laughs> this is a this is a pretty small one, but uh, worth mentioning. Uh, in the UK Pavilion, Grant, I'll pass this one over to you. Um, the Pavilion's Kid Cop Station, themed as the Library of the Royal Adventurer Society, features a Society of Explorers and Adventurers handbook. Amongst its titles, alongside production artwork from Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and books also found at Skipper Canteen. <laughs> that's a deep cut there. That's not even worth it. really deep. I couldn't even find a photo of it. Like, that's why the photo that came up was just the UK Pavilion. <laughs> In fact, I, I have friends that have gone to Epcot recently. They said that, like, a lot of the UK Pavilion is closed. So, Sabina, and when you go, I don't even know if you'll be able to even see if this is even real. Right? I don't know if I'll be able to verify, but I'll try. If this is one of like the hidden nooks, I probably won't go that deep in there. <laughs> I do want to go to the next one, though. I think yeah, that's well, can, still open. Yeah, well, you can take the next one here. So, located at the Boardwalk Inn, uh, there is the Abracadabra. Abracadab- teleport there um <laughs> i tried y'all three times <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a, a lounge uh, of which is a home for to some of the world's most famous magicians and illusionists um 
Apparently it all changed on Friday, the 13th, September, 1940, when every magician inside disappeared without a trace and have never been seen again. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of props in here that are connected to the society um, that, you know, indicating that uh, some of the magicians were members. Um, I'm a huge fan of places like, you know, at least I was a huge fan of places like the Magic Castle. And um to see something themed similarly would be awesome and, and go to Disney. I've never been to like that side of like the Disney resort. So I've never been to like the boardwalk in and stuff. Um, I'm going to be staying at the Grand Casino Tower. So I don't know how far I would have to travel to try to get there, but I did want to check that bar out. Um, if it's not too challenging. Uh, honestly, to if, if you, um, are you going to Epcot at all? Yes. Leave in the back by France, walk on over there. You can actually walk. It's on the boardwalk. So you. Oh, cool. There's a back entrance to Epcot. You exit like by the France country. You need to walk. It's going to take you 10 minutes to walk over there, maybe 15, depending as to what your gate is. And then you can go there for a nice afternoon drink and then um, walk back into Epcot. Thank you for the tip. Yes, I'll do that. Yeah, Africa Dark Bar is definitely one of my favorite places. I, I do think it's down, though. It is down? I okay. believe so. Am I frozen? And let, no. it go, let, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we <laughs> yes. hear you. Okay. Is my video frozen? Hey, your video seems frozen on my end. like... You seem like a sculpture. That would be a great okay. sculpture pose. <laughs> All right. I don't know what's going on in my video, but um, I was going to say, I love Abracadabra Bar. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, that's the best thing to do. It's, it's, it's pop in there for a little bit. It's very small. Very, not a lot of people can fit in there, uh, but the drinks there are awesome. They have cool uh, magic tricks that go along with the drinks. Um, the times I've popped in there, pretty brief and uh, it actually it's, it don't think it's even open very much <laughs> i don't think it's, it's it's you would think it'd be open late after the parks but it's definitely not so it's just uh i think it's just something kind of just for boardwalk uh guests to enjoy that's the, i think that's what it's intended for not as a destination but for those are like uh magic and creepy fun stuff it's definitely worth going to it there's a little sea connection there Hey, it is back open. And <gasps> Africa Bar is open from 4 to 10. Ooh. Um, I don't think it opened up, though, when the rest of the parks opened up. I, I think it actually reopened relatively recently. Yeah, I know a lot um, of things opened up recently. Small, small space right there, so they probably didn't want too many people over in there. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, I was going to say, that definitely seemed like a... Uh... Not a, you can't really social distance in there. It's super yeah. tiny. It doesn't even have its own bathroom. They don't serve food. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a small little spot. But It's like Trader Sam's. You can't, like, really... Oh, like, Trader Sam's is so close. Oh, yeah. You can't socially you can't distance, distance in there. No. It's way smaller than Trader Sam's. <laughs> yeah. It's super tiny. Really cool. But, um, hey, one place that's not tiny, uh, that's a fun place to visit is uh, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. Yes! <laughs> All right. Um, who's up to bat? I lost track. <laughs> I can do this. I'd actually like to talk about this one. Uh, please do. 
Jock Whimsy's Hangar Bar is an Indiana Jones-themed restaurant at Disney Springs at Walt Disney World. It is based around Indiana Jones' pilot Jock Whimsy, a minor character from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and serves as a pilot bar run by him. When he and Dr. Jones were searching for the fabled Fountain of Youth in Central Florida in 1938, he found Disney Springs. He was attracted by the nature of the springs and town. He decided to settle down and bought some water property. Jock eventually built an airplane hangar and invited his friends in society of uh, explorers and adventurers. Today, that hangar becomes a popular restaurant called Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. So, I've eaten here a few times, gone here for several drinks, and in fact, had Christmas dinner 2019 on Christmas Day at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. That's and amazing. They do um, really fun things with the deviled eggs where, like, during Christmas, they'll dye the deviled eggs red and green. And um, <laughs> they play, um, when they first opened, they played, like, a bunch of that old 1930s, like, jazz standards. And now it's just playing whatever top 20 hits are now, which kind of stinks. That it, sucks. It really? That yeah, it kind of ruins the illusion, yeah. But um, you also, uh, if you sit outside, you get some great waterfront views of like the amphibic cars going by and um you can see the balloon raising into the sky depending as to how you're situated but yeah they have a really cool ice machine that makes giant ice cubes that like we've been sat next to and watched how it works um it's super cool super fun to walk around very uh the food is really good the drinks are great as well depending if you know libations are your thing um it is a great spot to take a break and i don't even sit, need to like mean that you need to necessarily eat there um it's just a good spot to say you know what i'm gonna pop in here have a drink uh, maybe a snack for a half an hour see what it's about and then move on to your next destination yeah i like the appetizers there yeah i don't know if it's like full meal but it's definitely it's, it's a cool place to hang out and, and when i'm there it's always a snack <laughs> no, yeah, no, I love Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar has become like my standard go to um to like meet up with uh loved ones that I have in Florida and like you know just just you know it, uh, I can't wait you know um and and also they have drinks that are you know usually themed like uh, you mentioned that you went for like the holidays in 2019 I went as well but like before Christmas. Uh, so I had some other holiday drinks that were fantastic. Um, but yeah, sometimes like even like the drinks uh, very much like Trader Sam's will be named after or be related to things mentioned in C or like places or whatever that people have gone to and stuff. So that's, I think that's really cool. And I think like Trader Sam's, Jock Lindsay also has a lot of artifacts like hanging around that, um, could be connected to some of the members. And if you get the right couple of drinks, you can get a collectible cup souvenir, of course, at a higher price. You're going to be paying like 50 bucks for your drink. Wait, but which you, one is this? I've never heard about this one. Um, I can show them on the screen if you don't mind me being gone for 20 seconds. Go for it. I'll be right back. Why does James look like our tech guy? I don't know what's going on here. I'm having some technical <laughs> Am I bad? You got possessed for a second. <laughs> Possession. <laughs> this, this, this is a uh, this. The technical difficulties on my side are, are going pretty rapid right now for this episode. So I appreciate you guys carrying the show visually. 
Johnny <laughs> possessed you. All right, here we go. I was able oh, to find one of them. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have that one. And it does say Jock Lindsay's hanger bar. Okay. Right underneath it. Um, there's one other one, and I'm not sure which glass it is out of all. We, we collect all the tiki mugs. So, um, but I know for sure that that one's one of them. Do you, do we know if any of the tiki mugs are related to C? Um, I, I have like, I have some haunted mansion ones. I have that, um, a monkey brain drink one. Um, and I have the, I have just the Trader Sam's Pearl. But I didn't get the black pearl, which makes me sad because I was not a fan of this drink. And I was like, I don't know if I would try or continue Dude. to try for the black pearl. The black, ter- the black, uh, the pearl drink is the most vile drink on property. Yeah. And you get a one in 100 odds. But I've heard, about, and I've tried going, but if you go on a Friday the 13th, uh, she sometimes shoots out only black pearls. But last Friday the 13th, that they were open when it was considered safe to go. I tried going and they didn't have it going. Like, and they said, "Oh, um, Shelly's broken today and isn't shooting out black pearls." No. All right. <laughs> but that'd be a oh. fun thing to connect to. See, I think, like, if they had, like, if they were correspondent to, like, some of the members and stuff. I, I want to say them maybe well, like Albert's some... monkey brain drink. Albert the monkey. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're gonna leave Walt Disney World there, um, and we're heading heading home with all there's so many sea locations. Uh, but we're gonna finally go to Disneyland. Not too much sea activity happening at Disneyland. Uh, there is a tie-in to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, now, I could not find a picture of this either, but apparently a portrait of Barnabas B. Bullion can be seen through the windows of the Panhandle Hotel in the town of Rainbow Ridge. Huh. Who could possibly see inside of any of these places when you ride by it real fast on Big Thunder like, Gotta get some binoculars. <laughs> you need this. I can see it. <laughs> you need to be evacuated off the ride. That's the goal is to ride it and be evacuated at that specific part so you walk right by it. Yeah, I mean, even before knowing this, I always wanted that. That's so much going on at Rainbow Ridge. I want to, I wanted to explore it and just take a look and see all the detail that's there. But we just go by it so fast that it's just like it's all lost. And if there's a reference to Barnabas B. Bullion, it's lost on me. I, I guess. On top of the fact that uh, I got to take my glasses off when I go on uh, rides like that, so that's oh, no. actually even worse. <laughs> so close and yet so far, James. I know, I know. But one day, uh, I think we'll probably see more sea stuff come to Disneyland. But a uh, major sea expansion came in 2018: mm-hmm. uh, the Tropical Hideaway, and uh, speed. I'll let you take the one out. Yes, the delicious tropical hideaway that opened in 2018. You see the lovely paddles there. It's right beside the Enchanted Tiki Room, and it displays those paddles. Um, and then it has like a, a good mention of Camellia Falco um, ahead of her appearance in Tokyo Disney Sea's Soarin' Fantastic Flight 
Oh, yes. I love poking around these areas. I believe that is near like the checkout. Um, but yeah, like, um, they, they have delicious dole whips. I love the orange dole whip. I, I'm, I'm going to pretend like Camellia's favorite is the orange one. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love that they're starting to roll out more artifacts that have this mythology to them. It makes areas like that way more fun and fantastical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did, did, did you ever like stop by any of the paddles and like kind of wonder, Ooh, what are those names? I did. And it's funny enough, I didn't even know the sea connection the last time that I looked at them. <laughs> and now it's so obvious they are going to research for the show. I was like, oh, that's all it. But you could tell that there that there's it was referencing something. It wasn't just like random information. Did you know it was a sea connection when you were looking at the paddles? No. How about you, Sugate? Did you know? I did not, and I I feel lame because I think I was aware of C by then and did not put two and two together. Um, I probably even absentmindedly took pictures of the paddle, so I feel like if I, like, search through, like, all of my Disney parks <laughs> downloads, I could go and be like, oh, yes, I see, you know. Yes, but uh, great addition to Disneyland. Uh, some delicious uh, treats. They're an awesome place to hang out right near the uh, unload of Jungle Cruise. Definitely a better use of the space than what whatever was going on there before. But was that like a a meet and greet for Aladdin or something? Yeah. That was never open? I don't know. I never saw it open. <laughs> you mean you never met Aladdin? No. <laughs> He'll never have a friend like you. No. He never will. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. The last Disneyland thing we got here is Bengal Barbecue. And uh, the Bengal Parker Barbecue all um, has appeared to be used as an outpost for C with the 1899 club portrait hanging on the wall. As displayed as oh, also displayed as a photograph of Professor R. Wallernheimel <laughs> in the cockpit of the biplane, accompanied by postcards and persons known as Elizabeth Dewar and Bessie Steele. Most interestingly, there hangs a photograph of Charlie Allnut and Roser aboard the Jungle Cruise vessel, the Zambezi Miss, on board with them is Albert the Monkey, the faithful companion of Lord Henry Mystic, and a photograph of sea member and proprietor of the Jungle Navigation Company, Dr. Albert Falls. I literally had no idea all this stuff was inside the Bengal Market. <laughs> I never, <laughs> never even <laughs> I've been in there once or twice, like maybe. Yeah, I think like since it reopened with that area, I think I was only in there once as well. Yeah. All these Easter eggs waiting in there for you. Somebody tap dancing over there? <laughs> yes, that would be my son, Gus Gus. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a good tap dance. Um, so I guess next time we go to, to the Nickel Barbecue, look for all these uh, little Easter eggs. Oh. So you might think to yourself, that is has to be the end of this list. But you are mistaken, because it is not. <laughs> well, I knew this is going to be a long one, but we are determined to go through all the locations, and we're going to the last park, resort, Disneyland Paris. So we have two C locations here. All right. So... Grant, 
talk about the first one. <laughs> okay. I I didn't even know this. Ex- <laughs> I didn't go here. <laughs> Colonel Hathi's Pizza Outpost. Because, you know, we How could you miss it? Premier restaurant. When you go to when you go to Paris, you think you know what? I'm going to go get some pizza. Um, luggage near the entry signage for the former Explorers Club restaurant features a sea patch amongst the travel stickers stuck onto them. The Explorers Club act in much like the Adventurers Club of Florida, giving diners the opportunity to dine with famous explorers such as David Livingston and Ernest Hemingway. Actually, Ernest Hemingway like is more Florida-based, which is kind of crazy. Even though the Explorers Club has now closed, its logo can still be found within the current restaurant, as well as scattered throughout the queue of the nearby Indiana Jones at Le Temple de Peril. Well, if you're going to cross all the sea check marks, you better hit up this place. And eat some pizza. Pizza. <laughs> I mean, I this is just right outside. Explore. You can just walk by it, right? Yeah. I didn't even know that there was an Explorers Club there at one point. Or did I? But it, it makes sense. It's kind of yeah. open around the same time uh, in Florida as it's is that Paris came to be. All right. Let's go to our next one, Cafe Hyperion. And I'll do this one here. The Discoveryland Restaurant takes the form of a large hangar in which sea member Captain Frio <laughs> I can never pronounce E-U-X <laughs> has docked his airship the Hyperion. Guests are invited to dine beneath the famous airship surrounded by displays showing the various locations to which the captain has traveled to. Though the character and film have been connected to sea, the restaurant currently bears no direct references to the organization. Alrighty. So that's uh, Discoveryland. That's their Tomorrowland, right? Yeah, that's uh, it's a Jules Verne style one. So that's why Space Mountain looks kind of like uh, Sea Monkey. They have a walkthrough version of uh, what is it? Um, seven, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh. oh wow. Yeah. Just like opening day Disneyland. <laughs> All right, and our last location. Oh, are you so sure about that, James? Am I sure? Well, you mentioned that, that you had uh, you had privately mentioned in our private chat that there is something that we missed in Shanghai. But we'll go. We'll we'll do this part first, and I want to talk about. Yeah, and that. then do Shanghai. Yeah. Okay, because okay, that didn't come up in my research at all. So that's a, that's a great info. All right. So. The Oceaneer Lab aboard the Disney Magic and Disney Wonder has numerous portraits of Mary Oceaneer and her parrot, Salty. Ooh. Uh, So, yeah, these portraits uh, apparently show Mary to be a treasure hunter and a diver with her diving suit on display in the Oceaneer Lab, as well as her treasure found on an expedition to Castaway K. We also got to go on cruises to, like, accomplish this quest of going to all the sea things. Um, But, yeah, the lab also features connections to other sea members, a portrait of Lord Henry Mystic, a newspaper detailing the disappearance of Harrison Hightower III, as well as a captain's hat, said to be a gift from J.L. Baterista. Whoa. What's that? So many people. 
so many members of this secret society of adventurers and explorers. Um, yeah. But uh, really, this is not all. Did you experience Oceaneer's Lab on, I don't know, I can't remember. The oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's uh, part of the walkthrough. Okay. Yeah. So you go, you walk through there, and uh, that's where you can meet the uh, the giant squid, and uh, all the things that you would associate with twenty thousand leagues under the sea. It's a walkthrough experience, so yeah, it makes sense that that would be there. Nice. Sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that concludes all the locations. Of but sea. does it? Does it? I'm but sorry, does I, it? I keep wanting to skip it. We don't have a photo uh, image for this, but Grant has uh, brought some of your attention. Uh, go ahead, Grant. He will um, reveal another tattoo. No, not, <laughs> I don't have this one yet. But um, yeah. <laughs> I'm having to pull this up off of a wiki, unfortunately. Uh, but one of Shanghai Disneyland's areas is called Adventure Isle. And that is a whole land based on sea. The whole land is a sea. Wow, I wonder why this didn't come up my research. That's nuts. <laughs> because it's newer. And um, the storyline. Yeah, so- was this done in like to coincide with the pirates uh, being no, no. redone? No, no. Oh. This has nothing to do with pirates. This is the area where they have roaring rapids. And the idea of it is that, okay, so located uh, among the Hulari River, Adventure Isle is home to a dense rainforest lying in the shadow of Aputaku, also known as the Roaring Mountain for its great waterfalls. In 1935, the League of Adventurers arrived on the island after their airship New Horizons was blown off course. They established a peaceful relationship with the native Arbori tribe and have been studying their culture and natural wonders ever since. So there are ties to it because when you go on the rapid ride, it's you're on an expedition for the treasures that they have. And then there is, the League of Adventures is related to the Adventurers Club. I think it's just a secondary group of it from what I'm seeing. Um, there's a creature in the Roaring Rapids. I'm trying to think of the name of the thing. It starts with a Q. It's something basically Korok. Uh, who snaps. He's basically like a snapping gator god. And then there's a cliff ropes course where you can walk around the waterfalls. But throughout it, you see like things that are artifacts being shipped to base to other areas. And some bosses <coughs> say being shipped to Tokyo, being shipped to Hong Kong, care of Lord Henry Mystic. And then... Oh, wow. And then some of the paintings, I want to say, in the rides ever since uh, Shanghai's opened have had, like, references to this came from Discovery Isle. Oh. So it's a newer thing now. It's a different group of people, but they're seen as a subsect of that. Interesting. So, wow. They, yeah, so they are among all, like, you know, basically every Disney park. They are part of it. It's just... Uh, it feels almost like the rapid ride is more of a Henry Hightower type thing. You're going in and you're stealing. The goal is to you're disturbing the the god of the mountain. So obviously you're doing something very bad. And there's what about the monsters that are in there? Uh, that's that you a rat, um, and it's a um, giant snapping gator creature. 
So, uh, you know, it kind of fits in with the mythology. I mean, it's more fantastical than a lot of the other stuff that's going on, although Mystic Manor is pretty fantastical. Most of um, uh, the uh, of C seems to be more based in a version of reality and not necessarily like monsters and creatures, although, you know, there are ghosts and spirits involved. So, there you go. I, I wish I had more about that, but... Uh, I just know that it was connected. Ah, I'm going to switch cameras here. I wonder if any vloggers have like done any dives into like those sort of areas specifically to kind of chronicle the sea stuff. Um, Cause I want to look at it. I'm going to like try to Google, like see if anyone's walked by it or through it and figured it out as they were exploring the areas. I'm pretty sure somebody has done that by this point. Um, you know, you're not going to see very many live streams from China of people doing it. So you're going to see more like edited videos later because uh, they don't allow Google or Facebook over there. So I'm not, you know, like that's where, so we learned the hard way that, you know, you can't Google your way through China. You have to use Bing, which by the way, Bing is very rough to use unless uh, Bing becomes a sponsor of Creepy Kingdom. Then, Hey Bing, we love you. (laughs) We love you. And, Google. <laughs> but uh yeah it, it is um it is all there for you to see yeah right on right on okay well that's all the locations right we didn't miss yeah. anything did we nope we're good we've got them all so well, we can't end this mega long episode without talking about the disney plus series uh, Sabina wrote an article for us uh, a few weeks ago. So, Sabina, why don't you tell us a little, a little bit about uh, what we know about the show and uh, what you want to see from it? Huh. See, hey, so, uh, see, cool. see, get it? <laughs> yes, see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, the show. I thought it was a really surprising announcement, to be honest, for this to be something that they're gonna dig into for Disney Plus. Um, I've always been a proponent of Haunted Mansion should be an anthology miniseries annually. Uh, so, yeah, plenty, you know, plenty of material there. And plenty of material there, just on its own. Uh, although I feel like there's a way into that through this series as well. Um, but yeah, no, so I was surprised at this announcement. Uh, Ron Moore, who was known for Battlestar Galactica or Galacta, I don't know. I didn't see it growing up. I know I have a hole in my sci-fi knowledge. Uh, did not have cable growing up, so miss out on that one. But uh, he uh, is a, like, beloved um, TV creator, showrunner, um, who most recently did a show for Apple Plus, Apple TV. I, you know, they're the streamings uh, called um, the streamings, the you know, they're all plus TVs, peacocks, you know. Right. Um, he recently Could did be. a show for Apple. Uh, called For All Mankind, which reimagines the space race like in an alternate timeline sort of way, which is really unique, really progressive and interesting. Uh, so I, I was, I didn't know much about him when I wrote the article. Um, and I'm a movie person, usually like my beat is film and theme parks. Um, 
And so I dug in and, you know, with the streamings, I was able to look into his work and uh, for all mankind is amazing. And uh, any reservations that uh, people have had, because uh, James and I have talked about this often, where people have seen our article and been like, oh, a bunch of old white men again for like a Disney thing. Um, I honestly don't think that's the direction they're going to go in uh, for the article we talked about. You know, it's an interesting mythology to pull from, which we just broke down for all of you, which it's yeah. everywhere. It ties into the Riot IP. And it's honestly, you know, Disney's attempt to, I, I would say, um, please um, theme park fans who might be concerned about um, Marvel and Star Wars IP taking over the parks. Um, because it's now saying like, well, we're also making our original ride IP into a universe of its own. And, you know, I think that would help people be more rest assured that beloved rides are not going to be gone. They might evolve and change like the Jungle Cruise has. And I'm really excited for the Jungle Cruise to probably tie into sea a lot more uh, when we go back, um, when the rides reopen. And it's, oh, yeah, uh, we didn't even talk about that. Because I think uh, they, they had that like um, the concept art, mm-hmm. of, uh, the the monkeys taking over the ship. I think that somehow that ties ties in as well. It's a well, it's a theory at least. We don't really know what that means until it opens. Is that yeah. just, is that is that just in Disneyland or is that Metro? No, they're doing it here too. Okay, it's um, it's both coasts from what I understand. Yes. but I don't think it's happening at the international ones. So is Jungle Cruise down in Magic Magic Kingdom right now? No, it's open. It's still open, I think. So we don't know when we're going to see these updates. No, they're probably... um, They've said it's going to be... I want to say that the goal is to have it ready by the 50th. So I think it's one of those things like they probably have the parts built and it's just a matter of installing them. Yeah. Because they're rolling all of that out in October. I believe. Right. A lot, of, a lot of stuff coming in October. Although I wonder if ours will be done as soon as um, our as park reopens. Open. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. No. 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 I. I don't even think that they've started work on the one in California yet. Uh, you know, knowing knowing them, they're going to say, um, you know, we're going to take this down in the middle of July and uh, enjoy your last rides. They're going to have yeah. like merch of like you know uh, the original, <laughs> original. <Jungle Cruise. laughs> You know, the they've had great merch for the Jungle Cruise recently. I almost bought like a canvas bag and it was like Jungle Cruise Skipper. And I was like, this is like cool and efficient. You can literally fold it up probably like for travel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, not to uh, get too much into a detour here. Um, That's what we're all about here. Yes, <laughs> I love I love our spooky detours here. Yes, into it. Um, but yeah, no, so you have all of these like places that can tie into all these different stories, all these characters. I honestly don't think they're all going to be old white men, uh, especially having like seen like four episodes of For All Mankind, like that turned that whole thing in, in like into something crazy because, you know, we have the space race as we know it. Yeah. And this is like in an alternate universe. Imagine if. Russia had gone into the moon first and the woman and the, sorry, and the spoiler alert and, and the person who, um, the first person on the moon was a woman. And so America had to diversify their NASA team and like, they've brought in so many awesome characters and stuff. I'm like, I'm usually not 
into like space movies like that. I, I love space movies. I just, you know, like the history stuff can get a little tedious, but this is really great and really engaging. And I think honestly, they're going to, you know, explore this in a different way. When I wrote the article initially, I was talking about how like, you know, um, Lovecraft Country definitely took uh, mythology and um, a filmmaker's like stories. Um, sorry, not filmmakers. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Blah. H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Oh, uh, yeah. Lovecraft. Um, I unfortunately like... Um, I learned the stuff about him before I read him, so I've actually never read too much of his stuff because mm-hmm. of that reason. Um, but yeah, I really was. I I, I loved the uh, concept of taking the things that were problematic and reclaiming them in a new and interesting way to open up the narratives and include more perspectives and voices in sort of the adventures that happen in that series. Uh, right. Specifically, there's an episode that felt very. Uh, Goonies and Indiana Jones like in yeah. the first part of the season and um, I my mind Im- immediately jumped to that when the show was announced because you know we do have a lot of rides that are rooted in colonialism and exploration that um, is you know very high key problematic and for them to reimagine it in a way that kind of deals with accountability and respect to culture. And I think it's something that like we, we've known the Imagineers have been doing and being very dutiful of, you know, as our different concepts of that have evolved. So I do think that's something to like, keep in mind and stuff. And like, you know, I kept like replying to people who would at us being like, Oh, this is going to be like just white dudes. I'm like, no, I think, you know, they're going to, find a way to have it be accessible to everybody and fun and adventurous adventure is in the title (laughs) y'all you know um yeah so i'm excited for it to be honest well i think um they may uh the only ones that they really have to keep their race on would be henry hightower but that's okay because if he's like the villain yeah you know um, you kind of have to kind of keep that, especially if they're based on that time. The other one is Lord Henry Mystic because he appears in the ride twice as an animatronic. So they're going to keep him that color, I'm sure. That being said, even if they decide to go with the route of the um, uh, looking at you know the, the main people, the five old white men and two white women, they may have tertiary characters that we don't know. That wind up becoming bigger parts um, that are basically the ones that are helping these guys out. And I I almost feel like Hightower is going to be portrayed as a villain and that the the people wherever he goes are going to be the heroes. Yes. No, for sure. Yeah. I would love to see a whole episode on the Tower of Terror. Yeah. Because I think that that right deals specifically with that, you know, with like yes. he was disrespectful. He, you know, didn't take seriously other people's cultures, and he stole from it, and he had consequences. So that would be cool to see. I'm just really mad that they're doing this as a series because people are going to go, "Oh, you got a tattoo from that show," and it's like, "No, dude, I got this before then." <laughs> At least people will now know what like, your tattoo is because before they, you said you're an OG <laughs> Albert fan. Yeah, I'm gonna be like that person. Who's like, dude, I listened to Radiohead before anybody knew who they were. <laughs> and they're gonna make Albert go from animated to CG, probably. They should just do a live action monkey, or 
Or put me in a monkey stop motion suit and I'll be him. <laughs> I'll be nice. out. Wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, the show is in development. I mean, we hope that Disney didn't announce it themselves. This was put on for the Hollywood Reporter. So we hope that it continues to be and keeps moving forward and uh, that we see it one day. But I don't even know when we even see it because even the shows they have announced for Disney Plus are just so far away. <laughs> so many of them are so far away from coming out. Years. <laughs> Some of the announcements they made this year, we're not going to see them materialize for a few years. So, you know, but we know it's coming. Oh, and, the and then. And then at the very end of this, at the very end of the Adventurers Club season one, we're going to get a post-credit scene featuring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury's great-grandfather saying, <laughs> okay, we're going to create this group. And they're going to be the original Avengers. The, the C initiative. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Can't be talking about the C initiative. All right. Well, I think we could put a fork in this one. Coming yeah. in almost two hours, but we marathon Woo! through. We get and we gave you the abridged version of C. That's abridged. <laughs> no, honestly, it is. I've listened to like so many podcasts about C and just in general, and everyone's like, "This is just a general overlook." And the podcast is like an hour and forty five minutes long. I think it, that there could be just a whole podcast dedicated to C because there's so much like with multiple episodes. Not, you know, like <laughs> that so sounds like content. a fantastic idea, James. Yes. And I don't as know a, if we're gonna do it, but um. <laughs> Quick addendum on something that you said. I realized after we talked about it, the uh, the diving suit that you're talking about that was on the Disney Cruise Line that does not have the uh, the twenty thousand leagues. That's over in Paris. I was confusing all that, all the underwater stuff that was on the boat with what the water. Oh, okay. That's so that's that why I was like trying to figure lot. out what that was. So I could have seen the suit, and it was probably something that I just walked by. But anyway, yes, yeah. yeah, that's that just shows you how much mythology there is. Uh, I can't remember all of it. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not sure when we're going to revisit C again, uh, but we, uh, you know, we will because we have to dive into the characters and uh, keep going down the C rabbit hole. So, uh, I will I'm sure see you there. We'll see you there. Probably won't be our next <laughs> our next episode of Dark Deep Rusher. Probably tackle another topic. But uh, I, I, I'm excited. I, I learned so much doing research for this show and. And uh, just talking about it with everyone, and uh, I can't wait to uh, dive deeper into the characters next time we revisit this. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we get out of here, I uh, want to uh, give a little preview of our upcoming live streams. Yay! Yeah! That's all right. So, coming up this Sunday and every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific and 10 p.m. Eastern, we have the weekly creepy. Which is our live show and podcast where we recap all the stuff. Nope, that's not it, John. <laughs> but John is, uh, is a co-host on the Weekly Creepy, and he does have a pick of the week. But there's there's our graphic for the Weekly Creepy. So you can see Johnny oh. in the flesh um, every week with, uh, with the host of the show, uh, Sarah, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. And coming up on April 8th, the next live stream of our creepy book club where we discuss the book about the odd sisters. And as I alluded, every time I mention this, we're going to be cosplaying as the odd sisters. That's uh, Tanisha and Gretchen on that show. And I'll be making an appearance cosplaying as yes. the odd sisters as well. Yes. 
So get ready for that. If there's not a reason to tune in. There it is. And we're going to be doing that on April 8th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And James is going to look sexy. He already <laughs> does. Sexier as one of the Odd Sisters. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you to everyone that tuned in live and uh, hung out with us. Thank you, everyone listening. Thank you to my uh, co-host here. Yo. Appreciate with uh, chatting about this, but uh, we're going to get out of here. So the next time, uh, the gates are closed. Bye. This podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy. (laughs) 